everyone. Welcome to A Quick Dip, a series of short conversations about culture, communications and change. I'm Sarah Black, founder of Aru Communications. I'm a communication strategist who is passionate about making sure you're not endlessly creating Homs content, you're actually starting conversations that matter to your organisation. And that's what this podcast is about. It's a series of conversations introducing ideas to help make your communications activity more culturally relevant, more inclusive and more effective. Welcome to this week's episode of A Quick Dip into Culture, Communications and Change. Um, I'm your host, Sarah Black, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my friend and occasional colleague, Emma Naito. Um, Emma, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Hi, Sarah. I'm Emma Naito. I am a bilingual, well, plurilingual English language editor, and I also call myself a plain language advocate because I just... I really believe in the power of plain language to bridge cultures. Fabulous. Um, and that's something that I have learned a huge amount about in working with you in the last couple of years. So today we're going to dip into what is plain language. So for people who maybe have never heard that term, can you give them the, the basics of what it's really about? Sure. So it's communication, the way it's worded, how it's structured and design are so clear that your your readers, your intended audience can, first of all, find what they need very easily. They can understand what they find, hopefully the first time they need it, and to make use of that information. So those are the three things of plain language. Fabulous. And it's been around for over 100 years, actually, where people have in bureaucracies and people in law from 100 years ago have pointed out saying, like, people use this most difficult, murky language. Why do we do that? A lot of it comes from sort of for the public good that people need to have access to, to be able to understand and use certain information to participate in society, to fulfill their rights. So this is, this idea has been around for really at least a hundred years and it's rather unfortunate that we're still talking about it today. And, and clearly still working on it. So I mean, you've touched on some of the benefits of plain language, which sound like it's easier for people to understand. It's easier for people to take action, but are there other reasons that we should be using plain language more in our communications sure so the first thing those were kind of more from like a human mm -hmm. rights perspective i think that people have um, the right to information and to use that information i also work a lot with the uh, international organizations um using plain language they found somebody did a study on this where they actually gave a bunch of readers the same sort of content but written in very sophisticated, difficult mm -hmm. language, and the same information in much clearer, plainer language. And they found that the readers, first of all, preferred the cleaner okay. version, the clearer version. They understand the content well. They actually also believe that the author was smarter and more credible. They believe the author. They said, oh, this author knows what they're talking about. I will believe them. And more accepting of the messages. So I mean, this, you can clearly hear that there's a lot of benefits to everybody, including businesses. So what are some of the tips that you can maybe share with us in terms of implementing plain language? Because one of the things that I have found is that if I'm working with a client, they think they're being really clear. They think they've used plain language because often we can't see it in our own communication. We think, oh, that's completely obvious. What do you mean you don't, what do you mean you don't understand? Um, so what are some things that people can think about kind of more objectively to look at their own work? Yeah, um, I'm thinking about plain language. And I think the if you're working in communications and marketing, 
you know this already. It's first of all, who is your audience? Who are you? Um, who's your intended audience? Who are these people? What do they know? What do they want to know from you? What are they interested in? So it's it's really about centering the reader, if it's words, in your communications. So you think first, okay, who are you trying to reach, right? Who are you talking to? And then based on that, then you can say, okay, well, then why am I writing? I mean, to first know, what do you want to say to them? And to think about what kind of words, format, phrases even, would your intended audience most likely be familiar with? What would they easily understand? Mm -hmm. So it's really about understanding who your audience is first and to write for them. That's very much essential to communications and marketing um, approach. Yet so often not really executed, perhaps. We could perhaps argue in some cases we'll not go any further, but we have seen it. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I'm also still learning a lot about this. And if you're really committed to doing plain language, then actually, so it's really important to test your material with people who belong to your audience to see, like, did they really understand? And you can see, like, with, like, healthcare communications, for example, this could be really important because, you know, first of all, did your target audience understand what's being said or did they get a completely wrong, (laughs) you know, understanding? I mean, so the idea is that you really should test it if possible. Yeah, and presumably avoid things like jargon. I think one of the things that I certainly have said in client situations is that, Plain language is hard, like being simple is actually difficult. And there's a lot more work in creating simple, plain, effective communication than there is than just writing a whole lot of words and producing paragraphs. I'm curious about your perspective on that, because obviously you're an editor as well. So you've come up against that, I would imagine. Yeah, I work with academics as well. And of course, you know, it's like, oh, we have to write very um, high level English. Again, sounds sophisticated so that I will be taken seriously. But I think the idea is that you know, there's so many good ideas out there or messages that need to get out there. And I really see a lot of times that the words and the way that they're being used actually yeah. get in the way. Plain language practitioners are like, it's not dumbing down. It's not like taking away the content. So you're left with like a very basic idea. I was like, it's not that. It's about peeling away all those words and the, 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 the clutter and whatnot that's getting in the way of your message and take them away so that... You're left with your brilliant idea, with your wonderful message, and that people can actually understand it, appreciate it, and hopefully yeah. also believe it. No, that's it. true. As an editor, that's really, yeah, that's something. I enjoy doing that, actually. I'm just like, what are you trying to say? And Okay, let's try to get the stuff away that, that's getting in your way. Yes, and having been the recipient of you doing that to my copy, you're very good at it. Um, <laughs> the other thing that um, I've learned in the conversations that you and I've had about this is that plain language is also an accessibility issue. And I'd like to talk about that because this is also an inclusion issue as well, isn't it? About making content more accessible to anybody, whether that's from um, a language point of view, whether that's from they've got a visual and auditory impairment. So I'd like to understand a little bit more about where plain language intersects with inclusion. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great, that's an area that really fascinates me as well, because when we talk about Mm. accessibility, that comes from the perspective of making sure that people with disabilities are able to participate in society as you're taking away barriers that prevent their Mm -hmm. participation as anybody else. And so part of that, of course, is the writing using plain language is part of it. I see a lot of overlap because, you know, you think Mm. about words and sentences, but it's actually not just about the wording. I think in the beginning I said that the wording structure and design are clear. So it's not just about the words that are being used, but it's first, it's how you organize Mm -hmm. the information and also how you design it. And I don't mean like 
making it look beautiful, I think that's, but actually making the design reflect the meaning that you're trying to convey and also to reflect the structure. So for example, and all this is also part of um, accessibility practices as well. So yes, right in clear language, but it's also like on a page. Are you chunking, you're presenting the information in chunks of text, in smaller pieces of text so that people can process it? Are there headings or subheadings that are informative so that people are not overwhelmed and they are able to process what's out there? Also, then, of course, then the design aspect of this. So you marking things up as headings, for example, yes, it's good for plain language because it presents the information clearly and it makes it easier for the reader, but also from accessibility one common one that is used is like if somebody's yeah. using a screen reader, they can actually, the screen reader can actually say, here are the headings on this page. And someone can jump to the heading that they want. So it's very much definitely part of plain language and the idea of presenting information in a way that can be found, understood, and used. And also from the accessibility point of view of being able to actually even perceive yeah. that information to see where the headers are and to understand it and to interact yeah. with it. So I see a, a lot of overlap between the two. It's really valuable. And I think one of the things that I've, you know, learned from you is um, that issue of overwhelm. And if we look at the amount of information that we're exposed to day and daily, it's it's staggering, right? And um, being able to just look at something and grasp it very simply and very easily and navigate it. So as you say, plain language is not just the words, it's how the overall presentation of a piece of communication. And that can even be auditory that you've got pauses and gaps and cues and things like that if it's um, if it's voice-based communication. So fascinating stuff. Any other tips and hints for anybody who's trying to grapple with making their communication a bit plainer? Again, the first thing is know your audience and know what you want to say. Because if you don't know what you're trying to say, <laughs> nobody knows what you're gonna, yeah. nobody's going to understand anything that you produce. So be clear what in your mind before you start, what you want to convey, what you need to include, what you don't need to include. That's just as important. And then you think about the words and structures, like the words that we use more commonly in our day to day. And a lot of times that also can help with uh, people who have different English language familiarity. You want to use the most precise word, actually. But if you can say use instead of utilize or start instead of initiate, I mean, it's a lot easier to understand. So use those shorter, more familiar terms. Keep your yeah. sentences short. The longer the sentence is, the more you're going to get lost in what you're trying <laughs> to say. And it's harder for the reader to keep up. Sure. So keep it short. You know, you don't have to try to be fancy. And the other thing I always say is like, especially at least in English, although plain language movements and guidance exist in other languages, but in English, at least make it clear who is doing what. Yes. There's various parts of that. Like, for example, if you can, or if it's more appropriate, you just use the active voice. Things like this, it's possible. Just make it clear who's doing the what. And so one was the organizing, the overall, like, you know, having that big picture. The second one is think about your words and sentences. And then the third part is the design part. For this, there's many, many things. But again, you know, present your, your, your information, your writing in chunks that makes sense. Use subheadings and really learn more about accessibility, actually, like digital accessibility. Yeah. And I think that's also a great way to get into practices that help you use plain language and communicate yeah. more clearly and more inclusively. Yeah. And I always say that if you wouldn't use the word in conversation, like I would very rarely <laughs> say to you, we must initiate that. Um, <laughs> if you wouldn't use the word in conversation, then you probably don't need to use it in your actual written communication. So one of my tips is mm. to read things aloud. And if it yeah. feels like, oh, I would never say that in conversation with Emma or in conversation with my colleague, or if I was talking to our target audience, I would never say we must initiate whatever. Then that has always been a good tip for me. 
I think that's really good. And if you run out of breath before you get yes. to the end of the sentence, that's probably too long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a big fan yeah. of semicolons. I'm like, if you need a semicolon, you can put a full <laughs> stop in. That's, that's, we've had discussions about use for semicolon, <laughs> which we won't go into right now. Yeah. <laughs> Emma, thank you very much. I highly recommend Emma's blog um, on plain language and other ways in which to keep your writing clear and concise and effective. So we'll drop a link to that in the show notes. And thank you. It's it's been a pleasure to have you today. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. It's always fun to talk to you. Thanks, so, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's conversation and maybe wanted to join it, then please do get in touch so that we can talk more. I'd love to hear from you. You can sign up from my newsletter by finding me on LinkedIn and let's connect and continue the conversation. Thank you. 